Welcome to episode 26 of the Sportscast podcast with me, Liam, Jordan and James. This week we will be having a look at the integral Las Vegas Grand Prix, the final of the Cricket World Cup, a little bit of a NFL mid-season review and then the, the football, which was the international break. How are we? Good, thank you. you. Yeah, very well, thank you. Have we got James as well? Yeah, I'm here. How are you? All right. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, sir. Okay, good. I think the the best place to start would be the Vegas Formula One, the big shiny new toy. What was your thought? Yeah. Really, really, really long-awaited, really, really overly hyped. Well, not overly hyped, really, really hyped Grand Prix. Um, obviously, the first time we've raced in Vegas, that, that makes it four uh, US-based Ooh, not, races. I don't think it's the first time we've raced in Vegas. Didn't they race Apolo- in Vegas? No. Yeah, yeah. so we, we have raced in, in Vegas in before. Uh, for, 10 points, I, for 10 points, who won the World Championship that year? Oh, I don't know. It was... Um, Nico's Nico's dad, KK. Ah, there you go. I rephrase that. He won. He won that race. Well, here's another fun, fun little fact for you: is that the last time that we raced in Las Vegas, the only driver that was alive was Fernando Alonso. Alonso. Yeah, <laughs> he's he, he's the answer to a lot of the who was the one, the first, you know, the the oldest, the the last one, you know, the only one alive. Anything, yeah, being, being 106 or whatever he is now. Yeah. Um. So, the uh, weekend didn't start in the best way for Formula One and for Liberty Media, who have got a huge investment into the Las Vegas Grand Prix. With um, around nine minutes into FP1, uh, Alex Albon, uh, Alex Albon's uh, car kind of dislodged a or, 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 or made a made a, a manhole cover stand just proud of the circuit. Um, and then Carlos Sainz, at 197 miles an hour, um, hit the uh, the manhole cover and completely split his chassis in two. Um, not not fantastic. Did you, did you see the uh, CCTV footage of the? Uh, Spartan I did. Jack? I did. I don't know if you've caught anything of it, James. I know Formula One is not your strong point, but to, to put into perspective. When Massa hit that spring at up similar speeds, probably 160 mile an hour, I believe it Monza wasn't it? Was it in Italy? It was. It was Monza. Yeah. Um, it it went through his helmet and split his head open. Oh so, yeah, that's right. Isn't that why they now have those uh, the guards? Isn't it like uh, in front that, of them? Yeah, that, one of the reasons. Yeah. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. But the that that wouldn't have mattered. The halo wouldn't have mattered. Nothing oh. would have mattered if that had, if that had come up. That it was an horrific horrific thing to happen yeah and i mean a lot to be honest with you um we're we're now on sunday and i don't want to dwell on this this point too much a lot or a lot was made about uh the las vegas grand prix what they were doing to the strip that the preparation to to get the strip ready obviously a big big issue around the the manhole cover but it's happened before it's happened in baku it's happened in monaco it will probably happen again in another street circuit 
Um, there are obviously precautions that they can take when they are making sure that the track is 100% safe, but the, the Mercedes-AMG car, the safety car, does not generate the level of downforce that a Formula 1 car does. So they can only do so much, and, and it's a dangerous sport. We've got to accept that, and we should all move on. And I think when qualifying came on the um on the saturday uh we, we did all move on and we had a great qualifying and then exactly the same with the race we had a fantastic race i know you caught it liam did you did you do you agree with me do you think it was a great great I, first formula one grand prix in las vegas i wanted to hate everything about it for, for, the, for, the, for the first time i'm on max's side it's 99 percent show you know he he his interview was he got into Formula One for the emotion of the race and the emotion of the sport. And I'll be honest and, and call me soft or soppy in my old age or whatever, but I did. You know, my, one of the first races I ever watched was a very early Brazil race where I think only something like nine drivers finished because of the conditions. It was about the race and it was about the, the skill and the, it wasn't about this getting Michael Buffer to introduce drivers out onto the track. It was none of that. Don't care for that. I want to watch the Brundle grid walk. I want to watch the car set off, the cars cross the line, and have a, and have a good podium at the end. Yeah, yeah. At least we had Justin Bieber waving the chequered flag, though, yeah, just to top it all off. Is that who it was? The Canadian? It was. It was, <laughs> it was, it was Justin Bieber waving in a, in, a, in a really oversized leather jacket, which I think <laughs> yeah. But no. Overall, um, Las Vegas Grand Prix, for me, was a great show, but... To your point, Liam, we saw some fantastic fucking racing. It Jordan, was, it was, it was, it was in the top five. What have we had now? 20, 21 races. 21 races. Race calendar. We've had that was in the top five races of the season. Yeah, fantastic. And I mean, it's it's not the most imaginative tracks, but I think it's turn five, which is a really sharp left hander where George and Max had their coming together. That produced some of the best overtaking on the calendar. And, uh, and, and and turn seventeen as well, probably one of the one of the most interesting corners on the track, taking it absolutely flat out at one hundred and eighty mile an hour. Yeah, really, really, really good. So I, the I results. I say, Liam. I think for, what's the term where that? Because for me, the star of that race was that great big ball that's on the Vegas Strip. The fantastic. I only watched the last six or seven laps first thing this morning when I got up for work, and I'll tell you what, that was brilliant watching that little ball. That was great. That was more exciting <laughs> than the race for me. $2.4 billion for that little ball. I'll tell you what, money well spent, if you ask me. <laughs> I watched a – I listened to Joe Rogan, Elon Musk podcast last week, mm. and Elon Musk had just been to watch it. Of all people, a U two concert there. Yeah, they've he got says, this residency. Yeah, he says yeah. you w- you would not know that you're inside. It's right. that the way they do it, and and it's just something, it's it's something you've never seen. Yeah, yeah. Something it's a bit like that soaring, like that uh, soaring ride at Epcot at Disney, isn't it? It's kind of that all around. Yeah, around so you you, you don't realise where you are. You think you're in the Amazon jungle or the Victoria Falls or whatever, but you're not. You're in a Great big ping pong ball in the middle of a desert. You know, it's brilliant. Yeah. Actually, fantastic. What's great. So the result of the first ever Las Vegas Grand Prix, um, of course, Max Verstappen won. And he didn't have a very easy time of it. He, In my opinion, he pushed uh, Charles Leclerc off the track, which was validated and backed up by the FIA stewards, giving him a five-second time penalty. I know we all agree way too lenient. 
Um, <laughs> for, for, a, for a period, we did actually think that he was going to suffer. So when he pitted, he was in a 7.7 second pit stop, including the five seconds. He came out eighth. Charles Leclerc was 11 seconds in the lead. And then um, I think it was Lando Norris's safety car. It was binned uh, when he binned it and it um, it bunched the pack up. And, and Verstappen, it was an easy easy race from from there. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I hope Lando's okay. I know he went to hospital more precautionary, but that looked like a nasty accident. That he, he took that. Well, he, he was going flat out, and I think I don't. I've not heard anything since. But his brakes must have failed because he just didn't stop, did he? He just lost the back end. He lost, he lost the back end, and he clipped the wall, and that that sent him ping ponging down the track. He hit hit the wall twice, and then and then hit the big. Wall. And then hit the big wall at the end. Yeah, it was. He sounded a bit shaken on the radio, but yeah, yeah, you know. Max, I think that was one of the hardest races he's had to work for a win. You know, yes. like you said, he, he's, he's, he's qualified ninth or whatever and come through the pack and won. But they're not difficult races. He he took a lead, he bit of jeopardy over, should he have given the place back or should it have been a penalty? I mean, considering, and I was thinking about this today um, when I didn't have a lot on, but he, 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 he overtook Charles kept the position and got a five-second penalty, whereas George was overtaken yeah. and got a penalty. So it's like Max didn't get reprimanded but got to keep the position and yeah. they got the benefit of it. And when it happened the other way around, he still got the benefit of it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, we can we can talk about like the FIA stewards' leniency slash bias with Max Verstappen all night long, but we probably can, had, can we? We we probably that Spotify probably doesn't have that level of memory in their ginormous sort of. We could really go on. Yeah, so Verstappen won uh, twenty five points again for him. Leclerc in second beat Perez to the line again by less than uh, two tenths of a second. The gap officially was one point, sorry, sorry, zero point one four one seconds. So Perez beaten on the line again. However, um, I know there's been a lot of controversy and speculation about Perez's seat for next year. But how can there be when he has all but sealed a one-two for Red Bull this season? How how can there be speculation when he's second in the World Drivers' Championship behind his teammate? It's the first time as well that Red Bull have had a one-two in the season. So when Vettel won his four titles back to back, there was there was never a, you know, Weber or Ricardo was never second. It was always Vettel and then another team. Yeah. Question though. Question. If Perez was to lose his seat, and and this is, the th- do you think that the reason why there hasn't been anything over that is because who would you put there to push? You know, Albon, <laughs> and that and is why he still got his seat. That's why he still got his seat. They're yeah. not long term. Albon's yeah. been there. Gasly's been there. They've all been done over. They're not going to go back. I don't think. Even so, like, who would you put? Why would you want to? If if. If any of the other twenty drivers on the on the grid, or ninety drivers on the grid, said, "Would you like a second seat at Red Bull?" It will always be a second seat to Max while he's on his prime, yeah. and you will only ever get second because he'll always have the preferential strategy. He'll always have like part Fermi regulations set up for his car. Um, I mean, Perez was running at a really, really high downforce setup with his mm. with his rear wing. He had the um, wider rear wing, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know, but. 
overall, we now head uh, on the 24th to the 27th uh, into the final race of the season. Decent constructor battle still to um, still to play out from second all the way down to eighth. Um, Williams have scored some really good points this weekend. Alexander Albon. I don't think did Logan Sargent finish actually had the points. Oh, I can't remember. You know, he, he qualified high. Him and Albon were running high, but then um, I think Albon went from from sort of sixth to ninth quite quickly, didn't he? Yeah. So th- there's still all to play for. My arguably one of my favourite races. It wasn't my favourite a few uh, like a few years ago, but it has grown on me, Abu Dhabi. Um, it's a great way to end the season. Um, it's a shame that the season is coming to an end because we like Formula One, but. I feel like it has been a very enjoyable season. We've seen McLaren come from absolutely the back of nowhere, yeah, to 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 pulling out over a, a second per lap improvement as an average across the entire uh, back end of the season. And plenty uh, of podiums, yeah. Aston Martin going backwards, Williams under James Vols, um, really, really improving. So it's a lot to look forward to for the final race, even more so for the twenty twenty four season. Good. Has anyone caught the Cricket World Cup? Well, I was dipping in and out of it today at work, and um, I, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of predicted this last week. I thought India were going to win, and for those that don't know, um, the the, uh, the Aussies stepped up and, um, frankly, absolutely, yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely smashed India around the park. Uh, I think they won by six wickets in the end. And I think yeah. India would have needed 300 plus to, you know, based on the run rate that they were going at, India would have needed 300 plus just to keep the Aussies sweating a little bit. So I knew the Aussies would step up. They always do. And, yeah. you know, I think, you know, uh, Head was 137 off 120 balls, you know, and for, you know, 50 over cricket. Yeah, but do you know what? As well, he was he was he was forty odd for six. He was forty odd runs for sixty odd balls. So he yeah, he really he picked really, up. He really drew that back. A couple, yeah. couple of big sixes really, really up that. And I think after about yeah, after about thirty overs or whatnot, you could just see that there was no coming back for the Indians at all. And it's a shame because they've put on a good show in their own backyard. Yeah, they've, been, they've been the best team. Oh yeah, they 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 have. I mean, I think it's the first it's the first game they've lost. You yeah. know, I mean, it's a bit of a shitter to lose your first game in the final, but they, they, they've been phenomenal throughout. But in true Australian fashion, when the chips are down, they, they, they pull up a chair and they, they pull yeah. it out of the bag. Definitely. Also, this week in the world of cricket, um, Mr. Freddie Flintoff, Andrew Flintoff, is back. He's the, he's the boss for the Northern Superchargers yeah. for the. For the wonderful hundred competition that they hold That's in the UK, really interesting. I didn't know that. So obviously, yeah. filming Top Gear and everything, everything like that. He's only you're probably only talking six weeks per year, and obviously the he's finished, multi- well, he's finished that now, hasn't he? I, well, that's a question. Celebrities, celebrities do do multiple things at once, but obviously, I wondered whether he had stopped it or whether they'd stopped filming altogether. They can't no, he he got. Go on, sorry, James, you were saying? I'll say, he, they, they've pulled Top Gear completely, haven't they? Because I'm right in saying around about this time last year or early part of the year, uh, Freddie Flintoff was involved in quite a quite a yeah, nasty December. accident. Pardon? Yeah, it was December, yeah. December time. So, you know, you, you, you're 11 months, nearly 12 months on, and he suffered a horrific injury in an accident whilst filming a, a, a 
bit for for Top Gear, and um, he's kind of gone off the off the planet really no one's really heard or seen anything of him and knew how he was getting on so for for him to come back in the way he's done and and, and taken over the normal uh, northern supercharged i think it shows what type of person he is and he jokes about it but his love for the game of cricket and i i, I really i applaud him for it i think it's absolutely yeah. and i really yeah, he, the best he had, a, really he, had, he had a program on the bbc where they they took like children from from the streets and, and that's right yeah and, and put them into a game and they played a decent private school and i mean one of the one of the young lads he was a i think he's an afghan or iraq or something from iraq and and he ended up signing for yorkshire as, as a youth player you know they're, they're only 14 15 but yeah. yeah i thought it was you know he, i think that really sparked a different love for the game for him and i think so I'm not and, a fan of the hundred, but I will probably tune into Northern no, I mean, Superchargers. I must, I must, I must be with you. There. I, I, the hundreds is, I think it's just a bit of a gimmick, really, just to try. I think they I think the um, the cricket board have kind of seen how people are more interested in things like twenty twenty cricket instead of five day Test cricket games. You know, mm. I think they're just trying to hedge their bets and come up with new ideas. And the hundreds, you know, it's still quite new. You don't know how it's going to go. You know, it. Um, but I'm so glad that Freddie Flintoff has kind of gone. Do you know what? I do like this, and you know, hats off to him. Good luck to the guy. So last week I said that there's nothing going to be happening pre-Christmas in the world of boxing. Um, here, I, here I am eating my humble pie on the 23rd of December in Saudi Arabia. Anthony Joshua fights Otto Wallin, and on the same card, Deontay Wilder fights Joseph Parker. So I can see a bit of a both the big names there taking the win and then calling each other out in the ring and having a fight in a few months' time. Tyson Fury and Alexander Usic have confirmed February 17th, also in Saudi Arabia. There's a bit of NFL mid-season, because I think we are sort of nine, ten weeks into the season now. It's a You play 16 games over 18 weeks before the playoffs into the uh, into the Super Bowl but Miami Dolphins are having probably one of their best seasons in a long time Baltimore Ravens are top of their conference AFC North and Kansas City Chiefs are top of theirs who play Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight Philadelphia Eagles have the best record they're eight and one they're top of the NFC East last week the New England Patriots lost to the Indianapolis Colts a game that was played in Germany, we'll come back to that, with Bill Belichick carrying his worst record since his first season in the NFL in 2000, or the year 2000, and they are 2-8. and eight. They have NFL have said that they are going to be in Spain or Brazil next, and the plan is to take NFL global, so pretty much sort of pushing it to go everywhere. NFL, Germany. Well, NFL, NFL, Great Britain. Yeah. But, but, you know, and that's that's taken off, hasn't it? You know, the games at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and whatnot, and a lot of people look forward to I mean, it's it's always the Jacksonville Jaguars, it seems to be, that play there. But It's, it's, because, of the, it's because of the owners of them, owned Fulham, owns Fulham. All oh, right, okay. So, I mean, you know, you know yeah. when, you know, American football came to the UK, we were kind of, well, no, no one really cares. Well, they do care, but it's not... It's not big here like it is there, obviously. But 
why not take it to Germany? Why not take it to Spain? Why not make it global? You know? Why not? Yeah, I, I understand. I understand a lot of that. I just you don't get you don't get many Germans in the NFL. There's a few British people in the NFL, you know. Mm. So it's it's that's sort of where I've taken it from. But yeah, who, who knows? Also, this weekend is the the snooker season's back with the champions of champions, Mark Allen and Judd Trump go out in the first major ranking tournament of the season. As anyone knows, I will sit and I will watch snooker till I am blue in the face. I I, I will watch it. Yeah, well, I, I I wouldn't. That's that's the problem. I yeah, yeah. So it um yeah, it's I I can't wait. The world championships obviously around Easter. A little bit of time to go yet, but it's going to be a good season for 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 snooker football. We've got an international weekend, so can I uh, can I kick off with uh, can I kick off with a little bit of uh, a little only... bit of, I don't want to say joke, a bit of jovial kind of banter, but probably not in Gibraltar's favour. I don't know if anybody's seen yeah. France versus Gibraltar, the final score, the final score of that match. Um, I know I, I texted Liam at half time. There was. It was 7-0 with uh, seven different goal scorers at half-time. Gibraltar were absolutely mullered by France, 14-0. And Ethan Santos from Gibraltar had an absolute nightmare of a game, scoring the first goal of the game, <laughs> which was, of course, an own goal, and then get sent off with a straight red in the 18th minute. So, great performance from Ethan Santos of Gibraltar. <laughs> I don't think he'll be showing his face anytime soon, will he? Mm, no, I don't think so. Well, James, probably, did... probably in France he will, but... Yeah, yeah. Have you caught much of it over the weekend, James? Uh, well, I was watching the highlights of that France-Gibraltar game, and it's, yeah, it's a bit of a joke. But, I mean, um, Kylian Mbappe's third goal from 40-odd yards where he's just chipped it over the goalkeeper is sublime. But I'm kind of, I'm not a fan of international breaks. You know, it's, they they kind of go on, they, they kind of take the fun out of the football season for me. And I'd like to see, I know you have you have your England, your Germany, your France, and you get put in a groups with Gibraltar, San Marino and teams like that. It, it's kind of not overly exciting for me. Well, no. Engl- England this weekend, they play Malta on Friday night that they beat 2-0, and that's a little bit underwhelming for England. Yeah, it is. And then they play, is it North Macedonia this, you know, um, yeah. Monday, Tuesday? Monday, it's not, that's, yeah. you know, that's not, you, they've had a lot of what would probably be first play, you know, James Madison, Kieran Trippier, the, you know, Drew Bellingham, they've all stepped away because of injuries, but the chances are, because it's not Italy, they're, yeah. they're not... Yeah. And that's, and that's what I mean when it kind of takes the fun out of the football season. And I'd like, you know, because we, we big up the national teams, you know, oh, England have gone the entire qualification without losing a game. Well, yeah, because you're playing Liechtenstein and the Faroe yeah. Islands, you know. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's, it's a it's a it's a six day uh, international break, or it'll be longer, but there's six days worth of games. Started last Wednesday, and it runs to next Tuesday. Yeah. So it, it's a, quite a lengthy one. This and and it's the Euro qualifications, though, isn't it? And but at the same time, I think there's in other international. So there's like the uh, Americas tournament that's ongoing yes. at the moment because I know Go that Uruguay are playing Bolivia yeah. or somebody tonight. Uh, multiple multiple ones at once. So. 
kind of the world is unified with no club football, so we're all miserable around the world. It's horrible. I'd like to see. I mean, this this will all these qualities qualifiers will result in a in a competition between Europeans, and I would like to see a competition. All those small, you know, in quote smaller teams like your North Macedonia, San Marino. Why don't we have a tournament for them? That's a great point, you know, because they oh, get battered absolutely every game exactly. they play against France and England. Why, why yeah. not have like a a League Two, ver- like a League One or a Championship version of an international tournament? That's a great point. Um, and personally, I, I think that one would probably be more interesting to watch in the long run. You know, watching San Marino finally beat Liechtenstein or whatever. So, why don't we do that? I mean, I think it would be for some interesting, interesting viewing. What they what they have. What they have done in the world of rugby is they've, and this was, you know, was it? There were some fantastic games. It was Portugal, I think. No, Georgia beat Fiji in the World Cup in a group game. Yeah, okay, it wasn't a pinnacle game, and both teams were, you know, out and through, etc. But they have brought through a, like a tier two tournament where Portugal, you know, they don't get enough games at that level because they were know. they were an hour and about having a uh, promotion relegation weren't they with the six nations with that you know bottom of six yeah. and, and things i'm not saying do that in regards to the football no know, but what, what, they should do, what, what, what they should do is they should have little mini tournaments so international break happens in september october november and then yeah. goes again in march-ish time what they should potentially look at doing and, and it's already a congest you know the fixtures are congested up through the season. I understand that, but they should have a um, a little, maybe like four games early September in over a two week period. Do the same again in March, and like you say, you that's your qualification thing. And then when it is the Euros, the teams that don't qualify, they have the tier two Euros, mm-hmm. and and they can they can go and get the game time, the the experience, because they don't get together as nations. They don't get together and play enough games. No, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it's a great, yeah, I- I'd love to see something like that. But it will never happen because it doesn't bring the revenue in as it does watching Germany versus France. You know, that, that yeah. means, you know, Belarus versus Andorra wouldn't bring in that type of money, you know? No. no. Just, so, before, just before we move on from football, I'm just... Uh, Keeping up to date with the scores from tonight's Euros qualifiers, there's not a, a, a huge amount going on in, in four out of the five games, but uh, Scotland-Norway is currently two all in the 36th minute. The, in, yeah, in Georgia are holding Spain as well. Yeah. So, Spain, I mean, they're, they're not having the world's best time at the minute, and we sort of briefly touched on it during the week. For me... Spain have been the the greatest team I think I've ever seen play football. Um, okay, what? Well, uh, okay, not this team, but no, no, but in in you know modern history, I see what you're the, saying. The 2008 2012 Spanish team, mm. um, for me, is probably the greatest football international football team we've ever seen. They won. The 2008 Euros, the 2010 World Cup, and the 2012 Euros, you had Xavi, Iniesta, Puyol, Fabregas, Gerard <laughs> Piquet, Sergio Busquets. You know, I'm, I'm sure up front you'd have had a Fernando Torres, you know, David Silva. Can anyone think or who would be yours as best international team 
of all time. I think... Go on, James. No, no, Jordan, after you. You're right. Probably Brazil. And I know they've... I think they've won the World Cup five times, haven't they? Brazil. So, for me, like, when I... I I mean, I've not got as much kind of uh, football history kind of knowledge as you guys. Um, I, I only know what I've watched. And, like, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Ronaldinho, Kaká... The, that era of, of Brazil player, they brought mm. so much flair, but also so much control. Um, and it was like a joy to watch. Brazilian football to watch was absolutely unbelievable in the same kind of era as like tiki-taka football. Like it, it had its own kind of flair. And I really, really enjoyed watching that kind of yeah, that they... kind of football. And the team that they had was was dominant. They were, but not at a world level. They, they, they last won the World Cup in 2002. Mm. They've, they've won like the Copa America three times since then. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, for me, like, like you say, Kaka, one of my favourite players of all time, Ronaldinho was unbelievable. But that Spanish team won three back-to-back tournaments. James, what do you think? Well, a little bit biased in a way because most of my my club Arsenal's players played for them, but I would have gone for the France team, the 98 through to 2002, where you had players, you mean the goalkeeper Fabian Barthez, he was, I mean, it, he, he was a great player. And then you had your, you know, your Patrick Vieiras, your Marcel Desailly, Robert Perez, Trezeguet, Zidane Zidane is probably one of, he's not spoken about much, but when you look at what he used to do and how he used to play, he's got to be up there within the top 10 players of all time, for me anyway. He scored scored my favourite ever goal in the Champions League final when the ball fell out of the sky and he he left foot volleyed it into the top corner. And you had know your Nicholas and Nelga, Christoph Dugarit, and and for me, probably the best striker the Premier League has ever seen in in uh, Monsieur Thierry Henry. You know, and I just think that 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 French team winning France '98 and then Euro 2000, unfortunately losing out to Brazil in the O2 final. I just think that that group of players that stayed um, stayed as one throughout those years. Um, mm. It was. I think great, and then you then have um, uh, who went on? Who's coach from now? Not the birth, is it? Um, uh, Blanc, you know, yeah. Blanc who played for his national team, won the World Cup, captained him for the World Cup in '98, then went on to manage him. He's kind of kept that thing going, even in today's game with you know um, Anton Griezmann, who is phenomenal in my opinion. Uh, I think he's wasted in the league, or he could have done massive things in the Premiership. Um, I think he's brilliant and and, you know and Olivier Giroud all-time French scorer you know he's kind of carried that on so for me the best international team certainly in the last 30 years is the French team yeah I I can definitely see that and Giroud still scoring goals well he got two last night didn't he late on yeah yeah Yeah, 37 year old so no he's uh I can see that, and well, that that would have been my second pick. But from memory, they won that World Cup, and then didn't they go out of the Euros in two thousand in the group stage? I think they did, yeah. But then, but then, obviously, went to the World Cup two thousand two, and 
and I think that's when they, they did lose to Brazil, didn't they? Yeah. Um, uh, no, no, did they not win? I thought they won the uh, Euro 2000. I could be wrong, but I mean, even either way. They, yeah, I'm not know. sure. I just, um, I just vaguely remember they, they had the... Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, France did win, yeah. They uh, beat Italy in the final. Yeah, they did, yeah. Um, it must have been then the 2002 World Cup. Um, did, did they lose to like Ivory Coast or Senegal in the first game or something, 1-0? Um, they, they, had, they had a stinker the following year, the following tournament. So, um, But yeah, I can, I'd definitely put them probably second for me. Uh, that's for sure. So, no, it's... And like you say, Thierry Henry is my favourite ever Premier League player, one of my favourite players probably of all time. So um, I definitely can't disagree with you at all on that. So that's everything for this week that's happened in the world of sports. We'll have a little bit more next week with the Premier League being back. Um, oh, quick one, Liam. Sorry to interrupt you. I, I know you want to you get nope. going, but going back into sport... We've all seen the news, haven't we, around Everton? How do we feel about that? Mm, unfair. I think so. They have to, but, but apparently they haven't finished investigating Chelsea and Man City, so I don't think it's the end. They will, chances are they will finish investigating Chelsea and Manchester City when there's one game left to play and the champions are already crowned and it wouldn't make mm. the blindest bit of difference. What what's the kick in the teeth for here is for Everton is they've worked alongside the Premier League for the investigation. Yeah. And whereas what they could have done was not worked alongside them to quicken it up, to drag it out, and like you say, find out in the last game of the season when they're already relegated. Or the the problem with Everton is I don't think they'd have finished ten points above the relegation zone. So I, still I, think, I, I still think Everton will will survive. I, I think they will. They're playing... Not, they by, not by 10 points, they weren't yeah, going. No, not by 10 points. I think they've got Manchester United next week, haven't they, at home? And I just feel it's a bit it's a bit of a shit timing, really, for Everton because they're in the midst of a takeover. It's not fully done yet with um, the 777 group in America. Yeah. It's not finalised yet. And I hope that this doesn't force them to pull out of the deal because they're building the new stadium across the way, aren't they? And it would yeah. be a shame to have that as a championship stadium because it looks the oh. absolute business. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And I really feel for Everton, I think it's unfair that it's been done to them and not to others. Um, but maybe this will make some teams go, oh no, the Premier League actually do mean what they say. And it might make for some interesting... Uh, transfers in the future, maybe in January, we'll see. Yeah, fingers crossed. It'd be a shame, like I say, big club, never been out of the top flight to yeah. to go down there. So, no, well, I will catch you both next week. Take care. Catch you later. Take care. And that's everything we've got time for this week on the Sportscast podcast. As usual, you'll get us on Instagram or X, a.k.a. Twitter, at SportscastPodUK. Join us again next week. Sports.